If you're tempted to give up in the ministry God has called you to, Pastor Ed Taylor has a word for you today. You're listening to me today. You're a church planner. You're a pastor. You're a spiritual leader. Don't quit. Take the next breath. Take the next step. What you're doing matters. Believer in Jesus Christ, you're ready to throw in the towel. You don't think Christianity is all you thought it was going to be. That's only because you really haven't had a real experience with Jesus Christ yet. Don't quit. It's not religion that you've been called to, some activity and just go through some motions. And, you know, you thought if you read your Bible and you talked to God, things would just get so much better. It's not about your outward activity. It's about what's happening on the inside of your life. It's the inward manifestation and presence of Jesus Christ. That's where strength comes from. This is amazing grace. This is We're glad you've joined us for Abounding Grace. Turn in that Bible of yours to 2 Kings 16 as we get ready for another encouraging time in God's Word with Pastor Ed Taylor. And whether you're a pastor, working the soundboard at church, serving on the worship team, or leading a small group Bible study, there may come a time when you grow discouraged and want to quit. What will keep you going at such times? Pastor Ed will suggest that we look to the Lord and not to man. Let's hear what he has to say now. Take your Bibles, open them to 2 Kings chapter 16. 2 Kings chapter 16 in a Bible study that I've entitled, Look to the Lord and Not to Man. A mistake that we often make looking to man instead of looking to God. And in 2 Kings chapter 16, we're still down in the kingdom of Judah uh, as we're learning of the ups and downs of the nation of Israel. Uh, and the southern kingdom of Judah, nation of Israel, what God is doing among the divided kingdom. And one of the things we're learning when we see mostly bad kings and a few good kings is the significance of leadership. Now, there's a saying in the world that says, everything rises or falls on leadership. That is a statement that has some truth to it. Because leadership does make a difference. If there's good leadership, then you have a, a better propensity to go in the right direction. And bad leadership, you have a propensity of people wanting to follow their own. You know, when there were, like in the book of Judges, when there were no kings there, there was no leadership. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And so good leadership, yes. Bad leadership, not so much. However, I don't think the phrase everything rises or falls on leadership because according to the Bible, God can overrule even the worst of leaders or the best of leaders to accomplish his purposes and his sovereign will. So although leadership makes a difference, and those of you that have been trusted to, with spiritual leadership, which, by the way, is every single spiritual born-again believer has a place of leadership in someone's life, including just leading yourself on the way uh, in the path that you're supposed to go to. But the people that you in, interact with, like we all have a place of spiritual leadership. It doesn't just have to be in a church or among believers. Leadership makes a difference. And what God has been entr entrusted to us, we want to be faithful with. Now, 
on the topic of leadership, before we get into the text, I think it's, I think it's important that we pause and review some statistics as it relates to pastors and leaders in the church. Uh, I want to speak to you for a moment about pastors. Uh, and even, even right before I came uh, into the pulpit um, earlier today, I was opening up my email and a pastor in town here has just resigned. Uh, and then a couple weeks ago, there was a pastor here in town that committed suicide, a senior pastor. Spiritual leadership, whatever level you have, whether you're a pastor that draws a salary from a church, an assistant pastor, a lay pastor, a spiritual leader, the spiritual warfare that you've entered into is real. Now, it's different, of course, for different people, but it's a real battle. And if we're not in the spirit, then we will find ourselves overcome by the flesh and the world and the devil. So I want to talk to you about some statistics uh, surrounding pastors. I don't want you to think at all, I mean, forgive me if it sounds self-serving. It's not self-serving at all, I assure you. But I want you to understand, and it'll help you in your prayer life, not just for the pastors of this church and the lay leaders, but for the pastors in general. The warfare that goes on to do the work of the ministry. Perhaps you don't today understand or value the significance of your pastoral team or the men that are serving, their wives, their kids, the pastors that aren't even on staff here, that don't draw a salary but serve in an oversight capacity, tent making, serving the men and women that are planting churches, that are going into the trenches. And as a friend of mine describes, and, and I find this, this has been described in many different places, but they describe planting the church as plowing concrete and how hard it is and how difficult it is. And it was difficult when we moved here almost 20 years ago. Uh, and it's worse now. It's much more difficult. Now, don't be, mis you know, don't be fooled by new churches that pop up in town and seem to grow instantly and immediately. Uh, because there are a few, and, and there are certain techniques that you can do. There's certain systems you can run, that, that it's easy to attract a, tr a crowd. The reality is, is are you preaching the gospel and teaching the Bible and serving the people? Because you might be in the community, and I've been around here long enough and been in this side of town. I'm not so much on the other side of town, but I'm certainly on this east side of town where I've seen churches come and go. I've met pastors that come and go, and I've also seen churches that come and, and they, they grow so fast, but, but really don't put their roots down. And then I've also seen these churches that have just steadied on and weathered through. And of course, in our fellowship family at Calvary Chapel, I've seen a lot of men that have just plowed the ground here. And you know, when you're serving in a capacity, whether it's church planting, uh, which is certainly something on my heart, or you've begun a new ministry uh, within the church that you serve, or you have a heart to reach your community in some way, or do something at work in the name of Jesus, or, or just made that decision to lead your family in the way that you know you should go in the ways of God, it won't come easy. And it's in those times of difficulty that you might want to give up. And you might want to throw in the towel. And you begin to second guess yourself. Am I even doing what God's called me to do? Am I doing it right? And you have to learn to look to God and not to man in the midst of the warfare and the resistance. You know, every time I hear a, a report back of some ministry and some difficulty, the response in, in, in one way or another is, what did you expect? You're moving into the kingdom of darkness. I was speaking with one of the pastors earlier and, and thinking about the ministry that's going into right where Satan's throne is, 
where he thinks he owns the place. I mean, I think, he, I think that in the world today, he thinks he owns all of this. He's, the, he, he, he's taken, I think, you know, in his mind, he's the prince of the power of the air. So like he owns it all and he thinks he's getting away with it. But the Bible says that the devil knows he only has a short time. So when you're backed into a corner, you start getting crazy and wild. And so the enemy in these last days is getting crazy and wild. He's doing it to pastors. He's doing it to pastors' wives, to pastors' kids and grandkids. He's doing it to the lay leaders, uh, to those that have stood before and are working full-time and also serving God with their gifts and talents because that's where God wants them. He's doing it to Christian school teachers. He's doing it to, to teachers that treat, teach in Christian school. I mean, the warfare is hard. And I want you as a church to be reminded that those that serve, and, not, and let me just speak for this church because I can speak for this church uh, from my own observation, my own experience, the people that serve in this church, they do it because they sense a calling from God. We're not professionals. Uh, we don't approach ministry as a professional, like as a, as, a, as a vocation where, you know, that the idea of, well, you know, I can be a plumber and, and I can be a lawyer or I can be a pastor. I think I'll choose pastor. No, God has placed us here by the will of God. And then, of course, some people are plumbers and ministering the gospel, and some people are driving and ministering the gospel, and the warfare is intense. So consider some of the statistics as it relates to pastors and those that study these things. I, I put together numbers from, Bar from the Barna Research Group, also from an organization known as Pastoral Care, and also an organization of the Fuller Institute. So together, these three, these, three, there's, these are a few years old, uh, but relevant nonetheless. And who knows what the recent numbers are, but listen to this. Just let it soak in. 90% of pastors say that they work between 55 and 70 hours a week. 80% of pastors say that pastoral work has negatively impacted their family. Many pastors' kids today don't go to church because of how the congregation treated their parents and how they were treated as kids. 40% report serious conflict with a parishioner at least once a month. 50% have considered leaving the ministry in the last few months. 50% of ministers started out right now will not last five years. 10% will end up retiring in the ministry. 90% will leave the ministry before they retire and do something else. 66% of church members expect the minister and their family to live at a higher moral standard than themselves. The profession pastor is near the bottom of a survey of the most respected professions just above car salesmen. Now, I didn't say anything about any car salesmen here, but this is just the research. Over 4,000 churches closed in America last year, and 1,700 pastors left the ministry every month last year. And let me say that there is another magnetism about pastoral ministry is that everyone thinks they can be hypercritical with the pastor. That all their complaints and all their issues should just go to the, like, like the pastor of the church can solve every single problem in the world today, which we know that he can't. And I, with the, in, with the invention of social media, you know, it used to be in the day that gossip used to be verbal. 
and there would be a phone call. You know, in the day, there used to be a, a phone tree of prayer requests, and unfortunately, we had to jump in because it became more of a gossip line on the phone. Then it began of people sending and forwarding emails. Do you remember the day of forwarding emails? And they would forward all kinds of weird stuff, and that's how gossip would be. Then it became the blogosphere, where there would be those that could open up a website in the primitive days and just start criticizing everything in blogs. And blogs are still with us, of course, a little more sophisticated these days. Then there came, uh, and somewhere in there, actually probably if we would put back the time a little bit, it used to be anonymous letters that came in the mail where you could just open the envelope, go right to the end of the page. If they didn't sign it, you could shred it. Then came email. And then there was the forward emails, and then there were the people that set up fake accounts and send things in and just submarine a pastor. And, and, then, and then there became, then there was social media uh, in which the, and now, you know, all of those things can work together. Social media, where social media is just that place where everybody wants to share their opinion. Uh, and believers have caught into this system of the world where this sense of criticalness and nobody's ever happy and within a consumer mindset. It's just overwhelming. Men and women weren't designed to carry that. But it's not new. So don't think it's just new to our culture. Moses had great resistance from the people that he was called to lead. Not everybody wants to follow leadership. Not everybody wants to do the right thing. There's always resistance. There's always warfare. And even to you listening to me right now, you might think, well, you know, I don't like where it's on my right now. I don't like the decision. I don't like... And it's just really an opportunity for you to lay those needs before the Lord and ask God to give you wisdom on what to do. It could just be that God's revealing something in your heart. It could be that you have a, a nice conversation with the leadership of your church. It could be a combination of the both. But listen, pastors and spiritual leaders are under great stress. And it breaks my heart to read some of these things and even to experience some of them and to watch those that I serve alongside of experience them. As believers in Jesus Christ, just if you can for a moment set aside the fact that I am functioning in the gift of pastor-teacher right now, and just listen to me as a fellow believer, just as a believer in Jesus Christ. We have a biblical ob obligation to love and serve and support the leaders that God has put in our lives. That is a biblical obligation, that we are to be a blessing to them and not a burden, that we're to help them, that we're to pray for our leaders, pray for our pastors, pray for the men that God and the women that God has put in our lives and their kids and the warfare, and we're not to be an added difficulty in their life by choice. And that doesn't mean that you don't bring difficulties in your life. You don't ask for biblical direction. That's not what I mean at all. I speak of the things that are fleshly in nature, that, that really, what can we do to help as as the scripture was, was shared with us tonight, I find it not any coincidence at all that Pastor J.J. was led in leading and reminding us that we're to pray for everyone in authority. Everyone. And I know that spans to, we almost always expand that to the sense of those in governmental authority, but also in our church authority. And, and I have to say, though, and over the years here, here at Calvary, the numbers that are shared aren't necessarily that typical here, and I praise God for that, but we've had our fair share of pain in this church. We've had our fair share of difficulties. We've had our fair share of crises and heartache and, and difficulty among the pastoral team, among the lay leaders. We've had our fair share. 
And I don't want to see anybody quit the ministry because of the difficulty of the ministry, but rather to be strengthened. Let me show you something. Would you hold your places in Kings? We'll get there in a moment. Again, the context of our introduction today is the sake of we're learning about leadership in the Kings, good and bad leadership. Turn over to 2 Corinthians, would you? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is, and, and so some of you are like, well, I was thinking about filling out a ministry application, Ed, until you started speaking. <laughs> and I say, do it. It's a calling of God upon your life. We need more good men and women to serve Jesus Christ. We need you to stand up and fulfill the call of God upon your life. We need you to obey God when he has placed something upon your heart to do it and do it well in the strength of the Lord. And know full well that it will not come easy. Know full well that you're in a battle. But aren't you glad somebody was battling on your behalf? Aren't you glad somebody was serving God when you got saved? Somebody was praying for you? Somebody was showing up at your restaurant, at your place of business? Somebody in your family? I'm, I'm glad that somebody was praying for me. I'm glad that my friend decided when he heard a Bible study, hey, invite somebody to church, that he called me. He invited himself over to my house. Shared the gospel with my wife right there in our front room while I wanted nothing to do with them, and yet still lovingly said, Ed, I still think you should come check this church out. I'm glad that he fulfilled the call of God in his life. I'm glad that we get to enjoy it together, and it's a part of our testimony of how we grew up and all the things we were into and how God intervened. And yeah, it's been difficult, and it's been hard, uh, and it's been challenging, but God is glorified through the challenges. So notice 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of what? Of who? God and not us. It's about his work in our lives. We belong to him. The excellence is not the vessel, but it's God who uses us. Verse 8, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. But since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Modus uh, verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. You should have those words already marked in your Bible. If you don't, you should circle those words. The crisis you're in right now is working for you in the hands of God, not against you. It's working for you. God is working all things together for the good, working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we don't look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal. One of the things you'll notice in the example of Paul's ministry is that he suffered. He suffered as a result of the call of God upon his life. He suffered as he sought to fulfill this call. He was told at his conversion, he was told, 
how many things he would suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. And in a culture, in a world that wants to do everything to avoid suffering, ministry is going to bring about difficulties in your life. But the right kind of difficulties, the ones that will work for you, where you're able to look like Paul and say, this is a light affliction compared to eternity. This is a light situation. And maybe some of you have tuned me out by now because you're like, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a leader. What does that have to do with me? Listen, don't tune, tune me out. This is serving Jesus Christ is normal Christianity, church. It's not some step you kind of grow into. The moment you are saved, you begin to serve. Now, how you serve, whether it's good or bad, whether it's well or not, that's really dependent upon how much you're surrendering and abiding in Jesus Christ. But your born-again experience, you've been bought with a price. Your life now matters for all of eternity. And so don't tune me out because you could say these, some of these statistics are very similar for people that are just believers that choose not to press into the things of God. And because they don't press into the things of God, then they fall away and they find themselves quitting. And so if you're listening to me today, you're a church planner, you're a pastor, you're a spiritual leader, don't quit. Don't quit. Take the next breath. Take the next step. What you're doing matters. Believer in Jesus Christ, you're ready to throw in the towel. You don't think Christianity is all you thought it was going to be. That's only because you really haven't had a real experience with Jesus Christ yet. Don't quit. It's not religion that you've been called to, some activity and just go through some motions. And, you know, you thought if you read your Bible and you talked to God, things would just get so much better. It's not about your outward activity. It's about what's happening on the inside of your life. It's the inward manifestation and presence of Jesus Christ. That's where strength comes from where joy comes from, where all the sufficient grace of God is available by faith. God, he wants to use you, and he will use you. And in, as you lead and as you become an example in other people's lives, listen, you're either going to be a good example or you're going to be a not-so-good example. So let's choose to press in to the things of God. Hey, thanks for joining us today for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Ed, I can't help but think that the Lord was speaking to many of our listeners right now as you encourage them to stay faithful in their calling from God and don't quit. But what are some ways we can be an encouragement to our pastors or leaders so they don't quit too soon? Hey, Larry, you know, this is something near and dear to my heart, both as a pastor and and also with my pastor, you know, Pastor Jeff and Calvary Chapel in Downey, California, that just knowing how difficult ministry can be, uh, how hard and, and sometimes even lonely a leader or his wife or family might feel in every area of leadership, not just pastors, but some very practical ways to encourage pastors is to write them a note. Uh, how, how has God used them in your life? How has God used the teaching or perhaps a visit or a prayer or what What is it that God has done through your pastor that you can share with them? Uh, it could be even a note just saying, thank you for your faithfulness. Um, but I know that as you pray and you seek God, he'll give wisdom. Um, another one is there's Pastors Appreciation Month. I know we're not quite there yet uh, for this year, but when Pastors Appreciation Month comes, um, you know, giving a gift, um, you know, candy, a gift card, or whatever it might be that would be a tangible token of your love and appreciation for his pastor and wife, and even the kids. Uh, sometimes the kids are forgotten. And, you know, on a spiritual level, uh, one of the greatest things that we can give to our pastors is to be in a right relationship with Jesus, abiding in him, being at peace among ourselves. 
faithfully fulfilling the call of God in our lives. I, I remember, um, and I still, in, to this day, just on my mind regularly is, how can I be a blessing to Pastor Jeff and his wife, Karen, um, whether it be sending a text or making a phone call or uh, really just having him on my mind continually, which leads us, of course, to the final one, and that's to be in prayer for them. And even though we don't always know what's happening, even though we're not sure what is uh, going on in their life, we are able then to be in their lives through prayer and then obeying the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot more, but I'd start there. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for those encouraging words, Pastor Ed. If you enjoyed the message, hear it again online at calvaryaurora.org or listen through our app. You can search for that in the App Store or Google Play. Just look for Calvary Aurora. At Abounding Grace, we're committed to bringing the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. But we can't do it alone. We look to our listeners to help us provide these daily studies. And today, when you give a donation of $25 or more, we'll send you Why Grace Changes Everything by Chuck Smith. You'll be encouraged as you hear how God's grace really does change everything in your life, and it's the key that unlocks God's blessings. Call us right now at 877-30-GRACE or turn to calvaryaurora.org. That's 877-30-GRACE. If you're writing, here's our address, Abounding Grace, 18900 East Hamden Avenue, Aurora, Colorado, 80013. And then join us next time when we'll pick up where we left off in 2 Kings here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado. 